It's another episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. We're going to now start discussing things to get ready for the upcoming season. And now that it is the month of September, we are going to do three things to pay attention to from the Arizona Coyotes as training camp will start beginning in just a matter of a couple weeks. So be sure to stay Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me. On today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. We've got a great show for you guys on today's episode. We are discussing three things to pay attention to as training camp nears. Carl, we're only a couple weeks away from training camp. It's amazing to see. Yeah, it feels like the offseason went by pretty fast, also pretty slow. It's like one of those things that feels like an eternity, but like we're also like, how are we here already? Yeah, uh, I think the the difference is we were having to make content during it. So like when you're ha- when you're struggling to think of things to say, like it feels like it's lasting forever. But just in terms of like, oh, we get a break. Uh, no, no, it, it goes by so fast. It's absolutely amazing, though. Like, I mean, I'm excited for hockey to come back, you know? I mean, even though we cover a team that is uh, less than mediocre, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's uh, – hockey's coming back soon, and we get to talk about it. Yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll find some silver linings between between now and then. Absolutely. In today's episode, we are discussing three things to pay attention to as we get closer to the Arizona Coyotes season as training camp does get closer and closer. Um, and Carl, I think the first one is a pretty easy one, right? Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and put this off the bat. It's the fact that the Coyotes don't have goaltending. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. But yes, absolutely. Uh, the Coyotes have one goaltender, uh, Carol Vimelka. Um, and that, that's kind of really it. Uh, that's the only person cat-friendly lists. There's a, there's a couple of goalies in the system. Uh, John Gillis may be the one who actually plays, but yeah, the Coyotes are going to need some goaltending. We had someone ask, is John Gillis going to be the backup to Karelve Melka? I think that was on one of our live shows, right? And I was like, God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Like, he just – that that just doesn't – that does not spell good news for Karelve Melka at all. No, no. Uh, something that we have hammered on uh, a lot is that Vimelka is the type of goaltender who needs, like, someone who could, like – take over for a couple of days if he gets like stuck in his head or like is going through a bad stretch he needs that kind of veteran presence uh and 
John is, you know, older. He, he's 28, but he is not a stable backup that, you know, we we need Vimelka to have, a la, you know, even Scott Wedgwood. I'm not saying Scott Wedgwood was the best goalie. He certainly wasn't. He he was serviceable. He got a nice contract with. He was uh, serviceable, and he had the leadership qualities that to help Kurovi Melka be a better goalie. Absolutely. So there's like a bunch of like things that go into that. So we don't need a perfect goaltender. We don't need the best goaltender in the world. The Coyotes don't need to go off and acquire Bobrovsky um, to put in that. They just need someone serviceable who you could depend on to be, you know, the second part of a tandem. Absolutely. And it, you know what's weird? Because I think I have to look at the receipts. But were we having this discussion last year? It wouldn't surprise me um, because, I mean, I don't think there was any belief that Koshinosh would be that. Uh, who'd the Coyotes start off the season with? Carter Hutton. Ah, uh, yeah. And then then Hutton got hurt right away. Uh, Immediately, yeah. Yeah. So so that really kind of s- saved the situation. Uh, this feels worse though. Like Carter Hutton was not a good goaltender. By any stretch. Not at all. But it, it still feels like we're in a worse situation. Even though, like, now I would say that I feel better about Vamelka. I just need the supporting piece to be there. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I think because yeah, last year we had no idea what what, what Vamelka could, was capable of. We had no idea if it was going to be good or not. So we were just like, what do they do? What's going to be there? Um, and now that we know what he's capable of, now the question is, okay, who's just going to be next to him? Um, yeah. And right now, as it stands, as you said, Carl, as you pointed out, on Cat Friendly and stuff like that, there is no true tandem or backup. And like I said, and like you even kind of said a little bit, we we just can't see John Gillis be that guy. He's just... just I, I don't know. No, I mean, like, l- let's let's give the guy his propers. Uh, he has been in the league uh, for for quite a bit. Comes from, uh, you know, made the jump to the Calgary Flames. Also played with the Blues and the S- New Jersey Devils. Uh, has thirty two career NHL games, um, which thirty two more than either of us, but that's not that much. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I'm trying to think, too, about, like, because who do the Coyotes also have in their system? They got Ivan Prospotov, David Tendek. <coughs> uh, excuse me, um, Thornton? Anson Thornton? Anson Thornton. That's right, but he's young. I don't think he's going to come out of the into, out of the, out of the CHL. So. Yeah. Uh. And then didn't they do like a, a qualifying offer or something to Kojinash just going to they, Europe? They or? did give a QO to um to Kojinash, but he's playing in Europe. Probably just to retain his rights because, you know, business. Yeah. Why, why give him away if you can keep him? 
yeah, at least hold on to, like, it's like, hey, by the way, if you do think you need to come back to America, you still need to talk to us. A future considerations in a contract could be the rights to, to Joseph Koshinash eventually. <laughs> probably. Probably. But um but yeah, that's that's that, that that's that's I think the biggest question, the biggest thing that we are looking forward to looking to pay attention to for the coyotes as we get ready for the training camp in the next couple of weeks. We're gonna get to more topics in just a moment, but first I'm going to turn to Carl for a quick word. So I just have to say, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are really depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? They have a new flavor. You ready? It's the delicious, it's the indulgent cookie dough. It's covered in 100% chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again with the new cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassles of making it. I made some uh, some dessert yesterday. I made some cookies. Uh, the cleanup was a bit. Uh, I had to do quite a lot of dishes. If you just reach for a built Bar, you don't have to do that. You may have to wash your hands because you know, chocolate, desert, um, it gets a little bit melty. But throw them in the freezer, and you're not going to have that problem. What I want you to do is go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off at Built.com. So let's continue through three things that we had to pay, that we were hoping to pay attention to of the Arizona Coyotes as we get ready for the um, up coming season training camp only a couple uh couple weeks away and number two for me carl i'm not sure what you have on your list but number two for me is um paying attention to the any of the reactions and any of the types of just any kind of movement play style whatever when it eventually comes of uh jacob tripping mm. Yeah, that is definitely Chikrin specifically is a player that we can be watching. Um, if it gets to training camp, when was Christian Dvorak traded last season? Was right that just before, before training, training camp. Just yeah. before training camp. I get the impression that Bill Armstrong. I, I hope he's had that conversation with Chikrin to kind of explain what's happening. Um, the 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 rumors surrounding him in Ottawa pretty quickly shut down. Um, those kind of sprang up very briefly, uh, like a week or two ago, and then almost immediately, like, no, Ottawa's balking at the at the request, which you have to imagine has been like the same request the entire time. Um, but you know. If you're a team like the Senators and you're really looking to make that splash and training camp's coming up and you're like, all right, we're missing a piece. We got to make this deal now. That, that could be the time to go. And if it's not, if like training camp starts, I have to imagine it's not happening until the trade deadline, if ever. It doesn't need to happen. 
It doesn't need to happen, and a lot of and so there's there are some circles that say it won't, but the thing is, with with there's so much talk around it, the talk is just gonna keep continuing even past training camp through the next trade deadline. Trade deadline, it just will not go away. No, no, it absolutely won't. Um, I I feel like, and th- this is honestly the way it felt like, the very beginning. The hockey world has decided that Jacob Chikrin is going to be traded, and they are getting angry that Bill Armstrong is not playing around with the narrative. Like, he's not doing the trading that everyone knows is happening. Um, Like, I cannot tell you, like, people being like, hey, a lot of people were talking about Jacob Chikrin being traded. Where there's smoke, there's fire. It's like, yeah, but it didn't happen. Like people talked about it, it didn't happen. Yeah, so. I mean, there were a lot of talks about other situations. Like, you got think that you know, and I guess it only made sense because last year was very different. Because, but you know, um, multiple different times we discussed, oh, the potential of Connor Garland getting traded, the potential of Oliver Ekman Larson getting traded, the potential of Christian Dvorak getting traded, and they all three get traded in the off season. Um, yeah. it just happened. Um, because those, I mean, obviously Dvorak was a little bit less talked about, but like in some circles, they're like, he's, the, I mean, he's got the value, so he's probably gonna get traded. Oliver Rickman Larson, we knew, kind of wanted out. Um, Connor Garland is in the situation where it's like, okay, he's gonna be a pending restricted free agent. We don't need to spend the money on him, and we're gonna go full rebuild mode. So, and he's twenty five. Yeah, ship them out. Um, all those made sense. The only and what makes Jacob Chikrin different is the fact that he is on a team friendly deal for the next what four years, right? Three, three years. Next three years. Um, yep. And it's only like worth about four million dollars a year. Like uh, four point six. Yep. There you go. Four point six. Yeah, you're getting getting exact on there, which is good. Which is good. We want to be exact. Um, yeah. But. I mean, it's it's team friendly, so like you know, uh, it, which does help in the sense of you know, the va- there was still there would still be good value to trade him because of the fact that it's like you never have to sweeten the deal. He is the deal. True, true. That is very true. I think the key difference, though, like with all the players you talked about, with with Dvorak, with Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, and with Connor Garland, the thing I mentioned, like, Garland was the youngest one at 25, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how old Dvorak is, but... Also pretty young. Yeah, but I'd say pretty much right around that range, though. Christian, or Jacob Chikrin now is 24. He's 24 this year. So, we're first year into a five-year rebuild, four years down the line. He's 28 as a defenseman. Connor Garland would be 30 as a forward for that when the team's getting good. That is a vast difference. Like, that is beyond the peak years of a forward, uh, especially one who. And right in the peak years for a defenseman. Like, that is peak year right there. Yeah. So, that's one of those reasons why, like, Garland makes sense in a trade more than Chikrin does. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, 
his deal's really good. You don't have to like worry about adding anything in. You're gonna get decent assets. Um, but you know, unless you're really worried about his injury history, which you know, we don't really talk about too much, but potentially could be something that you're concerned about if you're running a team and betting on him leaving your blue line, or if he adamantly wants out and it's going to be a problem in the room, then I don't think you trade him. That's true. Um, that is de- that, that is definitely true. Um, but like I said, it's not going to stop the guy, uh, the rumor mill from, from churning away because it's just going to keep hitting. I am sure we are going to have to talk about this again. Um, and like, we'll probably have to talk about three more times before it actually happens because it's, it's, yeah, it's an easy rumor to throw out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyways, though, we still got one more thing we're going to get to on the, uh, three things that to pay attention to as we get closer to the Arizona Coyote season and training camp only a couple weeks away. I do, I, I do want to tease you guys, you know, that we're going to have a couple great episodes coming you for the next couple weeks and next month or so. Going to try to bring on some more guests for the show for you guys to listen to, for you guys to enjoy. We got some crossovers, division crossovers. We're going to start doing all throughout this month as much as we can. Need a bunch of people from the Central Division, NH, locked on NHL shows, so we can discuss, well, what's going to happen in the banter between. Obviously, you guys heard us talk with locked on Blackhawks, um, you know, not too long ago, so we're going to do even more of that, but with other Central Division teams. All that and more on the Locked On Coyotes podcast. But now let's go to um, anything else. And Carl, obviously, you can chime in on anything that you have. But for me, I'm going to be – I mean, I. it's curious because it hasn't gotten released yet because it's only been, you know, it's we're still two, like a month and a half from the season starting. But this is around the time when you you kind of took expect to start seeing things. Um, but the draw of how things are going to turn out at Mullet Arena. I'm always I'm like I'm gonna be paying attention to that because obviously there's no gonna be preseason games at Mullet Arena, but um, single game tickets. I don't know when they're gonna go on, and I don't know what the price is gonna be for that. Um, but it's gonna be high. I know that. Um, it it absolutely is. Uh, I imagine the two of us with our lifestyles are are not gonna be buying a lot of tickets. Uh, <laughs> um, no. Um, the only time we'll be there is if we are. Um, credentialed members of the media, which we are, but you know, yeah. it's a small press box, so we don't know. Oh, I was gonna say we could sneak in and wear disguises, but uh, that the media thing, yeah, we could probably go with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- that is very interesting because we know that you know the Coyotes they want to set aside some students for student sections, um, which is good. Um, I imagine we're gonna get. I'm curious. Actually, it's another thing. I'm curious what the discount is going to be for those tickets because it's going to be a discount. It's not going to be free. Uh, whoever, yeah. if you're an ASU student listening to this and you think you're going to get in for free, I laugh. Um, just, <laughs> that's just just not how it works. I mean, if you're an ASU student, uh, I went to ASU. There's an upper echelon of ASU students who do not pay for anything. Uh, their parents pay for it, so they kind of get in for free. Uh, Get, get out of here, boys. Get, get your parents to get your season tickets. <laughs> I guarantee you, at least one person at ASU, one student at ASU, 
just had their parents buy them season tickets to the Coyotes. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it is. It is. That's entirely possible. ASU is a big enough school, and there are enough rich kids there. Uh, you you don't even know. Um, when I was at ASU many many years ago, my job was parking, uh, so I got to see all the fun cars that people drive. Uh, and I cannot believe how many times I saw a frat guy get out of a Corvette. It was brand new. It's just like that's a that's a very nice car that you have that you are not paying for in any way. Yeah, don't you just love when 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 uh, when students love to show off daddy's money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do think that that is going to be a very important piece of the conversation. Like I have already had people say that if the Coyotes haven't sold out their tickets now, then it's a failure, and I'm like, that's a weird expectation to have, man. Uh, but you know, it is going to be under the microscope. Everyone is going to be looking at numbers. Like the Coyotes need to sell out every single game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been on the podcast before saying if they don't, uh, someone's going to be fired. Probably oh, wow. a lot of people are going to be fired. Mm-hmm. Like it is very much people's jobs to to get this done. And if they don't do their job, there's no excuse for that. Absolutely, and it looked and and it won't look great either for their you know their bid for the new arena. No, um, no. So there's a lot of things to pay attention to on the on that part. Um, obviously, the kind of coincide with that is you know what things are going to look like for the preseason games, because um, I think there's uh, I want to say uh, three or four home quote home preseason games um yeah there's one in like tucson right there's one in tucson um against the ducks um which i may or may not be trying to get to because it's very easy for for me to get to um because well tucson's only what a 90 minute drive away two hour drive away so um easy um and then one in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which obviously that's far. Yeah, we're not we're not going to be doing any coverage from the Tulsa game. No, uh, one in Wichita, Kansas. I I'm think. seeing yeah. one in Boise, Idaho. There was one in Boise. That's the one I was missing. Boise. So that's the, that's the fourth one. Boise, Idaho. I was like, where was the next one? Where's the last one? Boise, Idaho. Good old Boise, Idaho. Um, and for those who have been felt, who, who have been kind of behind on things, there's a reason the Coyotes are playing at all these places for their, uh, preseason games is because Mobile Arena will not be ready yet. Nope. Uh, I have seen like the development photos. It seems like it's coming along pretty well, but you gotta make sure that like you're doing things right. Um. And also, just in general, like we see this a lot in preseason, like teams go out and travel to places, and it makes sense for the Coyotes to do it just because the arena, like, eh, it's fine. Have them play in Boise. Yeah, I mean the rink itself will only be ready in October. Very, uh, the annex it won't be ready till December. Like, yeah. Which is why we're getting that giant. Uh, road trip to start the season that's gonna be a uh, fun it's like two home games 
and then like nothing in like all of December, all of November and December on the road. Which basically, honestly, though, like it's a ba- it seemed annoying, but at the same time, imagine so many home games back like so close together at that point. Yeah, but I mean, I guess because you're probably gonna get like a lot of like single tickets potentially, mm-hmm. in which case, like I could just imagine like going to like four home games in one week. And all four of those are losses because it's the Coyotes and they're going to fall apart at some point. Um, like, that's depressing. Like, I, I do would kind of almost rather have it, like, spaced out. out. Yeah. That way your mental health stays relatively stable. Yeah. You're like, ugh, I have to go and I have to deal with traffic and it's going to be, like, $15 for a beer and it's going to be a like a blowout loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh. yeah that's going to be a lot of things um i'm actually curious about the beer situation because like i know like universities are like in terms of facilities are slowly allowing like because most of universe like the Arizona border regions does not for the most part doesn't allow alcoholic beverages on certain like university venues unless they get licenses and approval and whatever like months and months and months and months and months ahead of time. Obviously, I'm sure they've done it, but I'm curious how that rollout is going to be. I, I'm curious too about the specifics. I will say this: um, like I said, I went to ASU. ASU treated alcohol very differently. When I went there, where there was no alcohol at all allowed anywhere on campus, um, in any of the campus buildings, um, that has eased up a bit. Uh, I have um, been to ASU ACHA games on beer nights, and it wasn't every night, but there was beer nights. Like so, you could get beer. To be fair, that is also Oceanside Ice Arena, which is off campus. Yes. Uh, there used to be a bar that was technically on ASU campus. Uh, if any of the listeners know, uh, the original location for Endgame, which is one of the first like Phoenix area barcades, um, like the original one was in Tempe, didn't have like the arcade cabinets, but it had like mostly consoles. So you could like play like a Super Nintendo. You could play Tapping of the Dead, uh, which is what I did. There was a couple cabinets, but they they were technically on ASU property, and it was one of the reasons they had to left. They were like going to go on like bar rescue to like expand their kitchen, and ASU was like, "No, you're not allowed to do that." They're like, yeah. "Cool, I guess we can't operate." But it was technically a bar on ASU, so there is some precedent um i mean yeah there is and again like an aborth has allowed liquor licenses to university venues um you know they allowed it and i'll give you an example as a university of arizona alumni they allowed like my senior year is when they allowed uh alcohol service at the basketball and football venues um so it's being allowed 
but obviously the rollout is interesting because obviously the license the licenses are very very strict and you know you don't know what is exactly all behind it you know and because it is on campus like you know what are the restrictions i i do feel like the biggest like stopping block when i was there at the time was asu president michael crow um he was just very much against he wanted to strict like strip asu of the party school image like it was yeah, stop appearing in playboy yeah yeah it, it didn't happen but it it's less like asu is no longer considered the major party school other than like legacy reasons uh like it's like legacy did um and but like you know the frats moved off campus it's not on asu proper but now like the school is in so much of a development mode i almost feel like they're like well there's money in alcohol at hockey games right we want the money like i and so like i think that may be like the factor and i'm sure it will be i'm sure it will be and it, like you just kind of ha have to you know, take all these considerations, but you know, there's a good, there's a lot of things to consider of what the rollout of Mullet Arena and you know how the Coyotes play into it and how all that's going to work out. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I'll keep an eye very very closely on it. Absolutely, yeah, definitely be something to watch out for. Any final thoughts you have before we close things up? Uh, nope, no, no real final thoughts. Just a, a lot of things to, to be on the lookout for. Uh, I mean, it's, it, we talked about three things that I don't really know. So I, I'm very interested to see how they play out. Absolutely. I think, I, I think, uh, both of us are, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are probably just as interested as we are in these three things. And we'll have more different, multiple different things of three things to pay attention to for other different factors um again as we get closer to the coyotes season but that is this episode of locked on coyotes if you like what you heard don't forget to leave a review like comment subscribe if you have yet to already we're available everywhere you get your podcasts including on youtube don't forget to interact with us on social media we're on facebook facebook.com slash locked on coyotes on instagram at locked on coyotes and on twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back, or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And don't forget to have.